Hello and welcome to the What Would She Know podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to become a morning person while also sharing strategies on how you can create a good morning routine. But before I get into that, obviously I start the episode off with gratitude and a quote of the week, quote of the day. If you're new here, that's what I do in each episode and then give you guys an opportunity to reflect on the things that you are grateful for as well after I have said what I'm grateful for. So pause this after I've said my gratitude and then we can get back to the episode. Two things that have gone well for me in the past 24 hours, I had a really good session with my psychologist. I was going to cancel it, but I didn't. And I'm glad that I went because I have been canceling them recently just because can't be fucked. And I'm like, I'm fine. I don't need to go. But it's just really nice to go, (laughs) even though you don't think you need to. And another thing that's gone well for me, I just finished doing like a two and a half minute breath work, like exercise. And I feel really good. And because I was feeling quite anxious and didn't really have much energy because this is now the third attempt of recording this podcast. And I just was like, I can't be fucked doing it again. But here we are and I'm doing it and I feel a lot better. And one thing that I'm grateful for, I'm just want to say, I'm genuinely grateful for anyone, especially my friends who have liked, saved, commented, interacted with any of my content on Instagram and TikTok. You know who you are and I love you. Even just the simple things like giving me a rating and review on these platforms, you don't understand how much it helps and how much I appreciate it. Because one of my TikToks actually got a lot of interaction last week and it's still like slowly getting interaction but not as much as what it had when it first like really started to like blow up I guess just from like that getting interaction I've gone up 3,000 I think I've got just over 3,000 followers on TikTok and it's just so cool and interesting because I've had my Instagram account for like a year now I think and I've got 600 followers I think and it's just so cool to see people noticing your content and yeah it's just really cool and I'm really appreciative and shout out to TikTok I guess for I don't even know what what the word is I've had a lot of interaction and it's been really good just in like a short period of time um so if anyone like is trying to get out there or has a business or just genuinely wants to start doing I don't know social media or content creation start doing TikTok. But on the subject, if you haven't already, if you could please give me a rating and review, I would appreciate it so much. It helps me reach and help other people authentically, but obviously only if you like the podcast. Today's quote of the day is, it's really good. It's from Kayla Barnes Instagram. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Go and follow her if you don't. She posts a lot of psychology and motivation and mindset hacks um and yeah this was taken from one of her posts and I thought it was quite relevant for the episode when you try and take the easy route life becomes harder working out is hard but not moving your body will end up harder 
prioritizing nutrition is hard, but dealing with the consequences of eating junk food is harder. Meditating and directing your mind is hard, but letting your mind control you is harder. Getting to the root cause of why you are feeling like crap is hard, but living the rest of your life feeling like crap is even harder. Easy always has a cost. And I just thought that was really fitting for today's episode. And I just want to start off by saying, because I know that what we create as a belief and our our identity can have an overall impact on the habits and choices and beliefs we make about ourselves and the world. So I just want to start off by saying, let's brush off our ego for a second. Your whole morning routine right now is a habit or whatever you have created your identity around. So if you say stuff like, I'm just a night owl or, you know, I've always been someone who struggled with sleep, which can be true. I'll get into that in a second. There can be all sorts of things that you can attach your identity to of being a night person and not being a morning person. You are making your brain believe you aren't capable of developing or breaking the habits in your life, which you are fully capable of. Grabbing your phone, 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 first thing in the morning when you wake up, that's a habit. Hitting 10 more minutes on your alarm, that's a habit. Staying up late, that's a habit. Choosing not to work out in the morning, that's a habit. Having coffee as soon as you wake up because you tell yourself you can't function, that's a habit. Drinking a glass of wine every night, that's a habit. Telling yourself you are not a morning person, that's a belief. I put up a question box on I wanted you guys to tell me some of the things you struggle with most in the morning that you kind of want help with. And the main things, so there were three main things on the habits that you guys have that you want to break. So they were how to get up out of bed and not hit the snooze button, grabbing your phone straight away and struggling to wake up earlier. So I'll go over some things on hopefully helpful things that you can implement in order to break these habits. So the first habit that you guys struggle with the most is actually getting up out of bed and not hitting the snooze button or not allowing yourself to keep sleeping. So my first tip for this is Put your phone on the other side of the room so you have to physically get up and turn it off so you're less tempted to reach over, grab your phone, hit the snooze button and keep sleeping. Like you have to physically get up out of bed. Number two is, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Mel Robbins, but she has this five second rule where She used to be someone who struggled to get up out of bed and would lay in bed for hours and feel sorry for herself. I think she does a TED talk on it. Definitely recommend listening to that. Just literally put in YouTube Mel Robbins five second rule. And from what I can remember, what she does is she counts backwards and then makes herself get up within that five second period because she says, if you don't physically move within that five seconds, your brain will kill the idea of actually getting up out of bed. So I think she like, when she wakes up, she counts backwards and thinks that she's like taking off like a rocket ship or something and just makes herself get up. So like five, four, three, two, one, get up. Because 
you have like a five second window before your brain tries to convince you to sleep in longer and you've got to try and break that within the very few seconds that you have. Another tip is leave your blind open a little bit so that light will come through in the morning because light signals our body to wake up and be alert. Fun fact, it's actually called our circadian rhythm. So if you can actually wake up and get sunlight straight away, not only will this increase your alertness, but your mood and will make you less sleepy. So getting sunlight early in the morning will allow your body to produce what's called melatonin, which will also allow your body to produce melatonin when it's dark And it does it easier if you are getting that sunlight first thing in the morning so that it actually makes you have a better night's sleep and will ultimately make it easier to fall asleep and then wake up. Like it's just this constant cycle. So I definitely recommend getting sunlight. If you can't get sunlight, I definitely recommend turning the light on straight away. It's not the same, but it still can be beneficial. When we snooze our alarm, most of the time it isn't actually being, like we aren't actually being lazy. It's just often a habit we have conditioned ourselves to repeat. So with every bad habit that we have, we want to replace the routine. So when our alarm goes off, that's called a cue. And instead of hitting the snooze button, which is our routine, we want to swap the routine for something like grabbing a glass of water. So put your glass of water or drink bottle or whatever next to your bed. And when we wake up, we have a few seconds where our brain isn't fully awake. So by the time you grab your water, instead of grabbing your phone or hitting that snooze button, drink the water, hydrate yourself, which is what we want. So then you are less likely to keep sleeping because you've given your brain the chance to fully wake up. The second habit that you guys have struggled with, struggle with is grabbing your phone straight away and scrolling. I would suggest getting a digital clock so you don't have that temptation of when your alarm goes off to open it, see the notifications or check social media because obviously you've got a digital clock and a digital clock doesn't have those apps on our phone. Again, like I said, have a water bottle or even a book next to you so that you aren't prompted to grab it. And when you do go to turn for your phone, turn for your water bottle or your glass of water or a book. And just try and remind yourself that when you do touch that phone straight away in the morning, you are giving yourself fake dopamine, which is our feel-good chemical, And then you are going to crave that fake dopamine for the rest of the day. So then you're more likely going to chase the phone for that quick dopamine hit. Again, this whole grabbing the phone thing, it's a habit and you can break it. You just have to swap your phone to something like drinking some water. I also recommend putting a rule where you aren't allowed to touch or check your phone before you have completed your morning routine so that you do have something to look forward to. And another tip is... I know with my phone, like once my alarm goes off and I touch my phone, the Wi-Fi automatically comes on and then that's when notifications come in. So if you can and you don't want to go and get a digital clock and you're going to be serious about breaking this habit, set up in your settings that when the Wi-Fi 
is supposed to go on. Set it so that it doesn't turn on for another hour. So you're less likely to check social media if that's what you're struggling with. And I think there's also settings that can also not allow you to go on certain apps at a certain time. So you could even set that for at night and in the morning. The third thing that you guys struggled with is waking up early. This is a tricky one. Again, it is a habit, but I think try and not identify yourself if you do as, you know, oh, I'm not a morning person. Yes, you are, Queen. You are. You're just tricking your brain to believe that you aren't. And if we can change these little habits, and I'm going to tell you what you can do in order to wake up earlier, you will be a morning person. Number two is I want you to slowly set back your alarm 30 minutes or even 10 and slowly work your way up to an earlier start. Aim for 1% better every day because going from waking from 9am to 6am is unrealistic, especially if you aren't getting enough sleep to begin with. And I just want to start off by saying, I get it. I was that person who would literally stay up, would identify myself as not a morning person. I could literally sleep for 12 hours if I wanted to, but slowly over time, I've implemented small habits and aimed for this whole 1% thing to the point where now, even on a weekend, my body will like naturally wake up at like 6.30 even if I've only had like five hours sleep because it's my routine, my body, it's like a habit and it just knows to wake up at that time. So slowly over time, you will become a morning person. You just got to stick to your goals and your habits and focus on getting 1% better every day. All my friends know, like I'm heaps better now. And I would say that I'm a morning person. Maybe. Yes. I used to literally sleep into like 10 a.m. every day. And like I said, I can sleep for hours if I want to. We don't actually need that much sleep. Like I know for me, eight hours is what I need. A little bit less, okay. Anything more, I don't need. But if it comes down to like six and a half hours, seven to six and a half, that's when I know I'll wake up feeling groggy and tired. Anything less, I literally can't function. So yeah, try and figure out how much sleep you need as well because that's going to make it easier for you to wake up in the morning. I know it sounds basic, but it's true. Okay. So yeah, they were things that you guys struggled with, the habits that I put up in my question box. So I hope that helped. Now I'm going to talk about some of the things that you can include in your morning routine. I know the list that I'm probably going to read out probably is going to be overwhelming. And again, I don't do these every day. I have a select few And sometimes I'll wake up and I'll do more than others. Some days it's less than others. I think the things that I'm like really consistent with is waking up, not touching my phone, reading. I drink water before I do anything. I try and go outside a lot of the time. If not, I'll turn the light on. Don't have caffeine within the first hour. Breath work. Journaling, I'm like on and off with. I kind of, I should really do it more, but I kind of only do it when I feel called to do it, even though I know how good it is for me. Um, Moving my body, like I like to get it done in the morning, definitely, but there are some days where that doesn't happen and I'll just do it at night, which is okay. And yeah, I know this list, again, like might sound overwhelming, but aim for 1% better. You obviously don't have to 
put all of this in your morning routine and there might be other things that are more important or other things that you want to include in your morning routine that I haven't read out. And of course, that is completely okay. Like I keep saying, aim for 1% better every day rather than trying to do it all at once because let's be realistic, you won't stick with it if you're one of those people that can literally just be like, yep, I'm doing this and straight off the bat can throw in all of these habits and stick to it. Fuck you. The most successful people have good morning routines and we want to be those people. Don't lie to yourself. You definitely want to be that person. I think it is important to note that a good morning routine starts the night before. I'll talk about this a little bit before I give you some things to implement in your morning routine. My tips is turn off technology before bed. I know we've all heard it, but yes, it messes with our sleep quality, our ability to go to sleep. It is stimulating our brain. It's not giving us the chance to wind down. The light that we're feeding ourselves is affecting our circadian rhythm and our melatonin production, which makes it harder for us to fall asleep. So it is really important. I used to roll my eyes at this stuff. And of course, there are nights where I watch TV before I go to bed or I scroll TikTok. But if you are someone who struggles with falling asleep or struggles with a good quality sleep or someone who wakes up and is like, yeah, I went to bed like fine, but I woke up and I was really groggy and I felt like I had no energy, technology before bed and light impacts the quality of our sleep. So it's definitely something to be mindful of. Um, There was actually a study recently that showed that reading on an iPad before bed compared to reading a printed book suppressed melatonin release by over 20% and resulted in a 90 minute lag in evening rising melatonin for several days after. So it's not even affecting that 24 hour period. It's actually affecting days after as well, which I find really interesting. Uh, My second tip is create a to-do list the night before rather than the morning of. So you know what you have to do when you wake up that next day and it's already done for you. Like do your future self a favor. Another thing is put your workout clothes out and in front of you the night before. If you are someone who is going to work out or go for a walk or do something as simple as stretching, you're doing your future self a favor and you don't have to think about it. It's there. You're going to be more like motivated, I guess, to do it because it is already there for you and you don't have to think about it. Fill up your water bottle and have it next to you. I've already spoken about why that is important, but if it's already there, of course, it's going to be a lot easier for you to implement that habit of grabbing the water rather than your phone first. Get a digital clock so you are less likely to touch your phone first thing in the morning. Set your phone that it won't allow Wi-Fi to turn on straight away so you don't get the notifications um, both in the morning and at night. I know I've already spoken about it, but if you weren't listening at that stage, that's very helpful. I used to roll my eyes at this, um, but it helps. Trust me, but do something physically intense that day. So it makes it easier for you to fall asleep that night. And trust me, it helps like exercising during the day makes it easier for you to fall asleep. That's just how it works. And again, the whole sunlight thing, if you can have sunlight as soon as you wake up, that's going to help you sleep better at night and dimming the lights, all of that stuff as well as no technology is going to help you fall asleep, which is ultimately going to make it easier for your morning routine when you wake up. Now, I know there are also like other factors that can contribute to people 
struggling to fall asleep. I get it. I've literally had insomnia my whole life, even when I was a baby. Again, I can suggest exercise, get a good quality mattress, do all the things that I listed you to do. Don't have caffeine after lunch. Even the people that say that drink caffeine and say that it doesn't affect your ability to fall asleep, which is definitely true, but having a stimulant in your system can actually impact the quality of the sleep that you're having. So that could be why if you do drink coffee at a later period of the day that you'll wake up feeling groggy and tired and lethargic because you haven't actually had a good night's sleep. Another thing that I suggest is taping your mouth with first aid tape. It helps us to breathe through our nose, which is what we're supposed to be breathing through, not our mouth, and helps us to get a better quality sleep. For like people with serious insomnia and a racing head and all the stuff that can contribute to a poor night's sleep, obviously I've listed all the things, but if you're doing all the right things and you well and truly are doing the right things, you're not just saying, yes, I do all these those things, but you don't, I would definitely do meditation or breath work before bed. Even the little things like have a lavender diffuser next to you or drink some peppermint tea. If you drink green tea, get a decaf one because green tea has caffeine in it. Read a book before bed to wind down. I've seen a lot of people say that we shouldn't be taking melatonin before bed, but I've taken it. I still do sometimes, and it literally knocks me out. I can now say it. My ADHD ADHD brain, I've really struggled to switch off racing thoughts, insomnia my whole life. That has been like one of few things that's actually been able to help me get to sleep. I haven't tried this, but I know there's a lot going around at the moment on, is it? THC to help you sleep at night, like medical cannabis. I know you can get a medical referral or whatever from someone. Um, So that could even be something to look into. Another really important thing that could help you with sleep is supplementing with magnesium. I do. I just Googled it because I know it's really good for you and anxiety and relaxing the muscles and stuff, but I just googled magnesium benefits for sleep. One study of older adults with insomnia found that magnesium supplementation at a dose of 500 milligrams daily for eight weeks helped them fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, reduced nighttime awakenings, and increase their levels of naturally circulating melatonin. There you go, queens. Hopefully that helps. Don't beat yourself up all the time. Like the other day I was booked in for a 6am gym class and I didn't get to sleep till 12. I had done all the right things and I even took melatonin and it literally did fuck all and it usually knocks me out. And obviously, cause it was a 6am class, I had to get up at 5.30 and I think it was, it was a full moon. I don't know why, but full moons, like whenever there's a full moon, my emotions are intense And I always struggle to get to sleep. I don't know if it's because of the light and it kind of like shines through our blinds. And I know that I really need a dark room to sleep. Obviously, we know scientifically that darkness produces melatonin and that's what helps us go to sleep and stay asleep. But yeah, I just knew in that moment that getting five and a half hours of sleep was not worth it because I had a lot to do that day. And I know if I went to the gym, I would have felt good, but Like I said earlier, I'm someone who needs seven and a half to eight hours of sleep 
And if I had have gone to the gym that morning off five and a half hours of sleep, I would have been moody. I would have been agitated. I would have been grumpy and sad, anxious, all of the things because sleep is so fucking important. And that's how much it affects me. I was like, it's not worth it. I'm sleeping in. Well, I didn't sleep in. I slept till 6.30 and I obviously still woke up a bit tired, but that extra hour actually helped. And then I went to the gym at nighttime. So don't beat yourself up. You're not going to have a perfect night and a perfect morning all the time, but you also need to figure out when to push yourself and not let yourself be lazy. But obviously getting a better quality sleep is going to be more important. Well, it was for me that night. So yeah, don't beat yourself up. Moving on to things to include in your morning routine for a good routine. Obviously, I've just spoken about things to do at nighttime, the night before, because a good morning routine starts the night before. We want to create a good morning routine, obviously, because it's before the rest of the world is awake. That's you time. It's time that you get to yourself in the morning to work on yourself. It's going to be one of the best decisions you make for you and your self-development if you slowly aim for that 1%, getting better every day and creating a good morning routine. So these are some of the habits. And like I said, the most successful people in the world have great morning routines and we want that. And whether that's you getting up, like I know some people like really successful people get up at 4.30. That's not for me. I get up around 6. Um, I do eventually want to change that to like 5 a.m. I do want to read, what is it, the 5 a.m. club, the book. A lot of people talk about that. So I do – I used to be someone who used to sleep until 10 a.m. and I've slowly gotten better over time. So 6 a.m. is very big for me. But, yeah, I will slowly work towards getting up at 5 a.m. But, yeah, these are some of the things – Obviously, no phone, read 10 pages of a book, try and do breath work or meditation or any type of a mindfulness activity. Start with gratitude. That can really set you up for a good day. You wake up and you tell yourself, I'm going to have a good day or I'm grateful I have a roof over my head or I'm grateful that I have the sight to read this new self-development book in front of me and that I can learn new things in order to better myself. It can literally be the smallest things. It's going to make you feel a lot better rather than waking up and automatically allowing yourself to feed into that. I can't be fucked today. I can't be fucked getting up out of bed. I just want to stay in bed and feel sorry for myself. And then just, you're just feeding your brain that negativity. And then for the rest of the day, you will look out for that negativity bias, which of course affects our mood. Journal, that's another good one. Six, move your body. I know if I exercise first thing in the morning, it literally sets me up for the day, makes me feel good for the whole day. And it can literally, like it obviously can be going to the gym and smashing out a really intense workout, or it can be as simple as going for a walk or going on YouTube and whipping up a free Pilates or yoga 20-minute workout or literally as little as stretching your body in your pajamas, just any type of movement. Um, I know there's certain stretches that you can do. We learned this in the six-week yoga course that I just did that there's certain stretches and positions that you can do when you get out of bed that stimulate your body to be awake and give you a little bit of energy just from arching your back or yeah, it's really cool. So definitely look into that. Make your bed. Obviously that's a big one. I know how good I feel when I make my bed. 
you just feel good with a clean, fresh space. Read your to-do list or the time block that you've created the night before so you know what you have to do for the day. I also suggest if you are someone who struggles with anxiety, try not to have caffeine within the first hour of the day. So coffee, pre-workout, anything that's going to stimulate you because our cortisol levels, which is like responsible for stress and can make us more anxious, is actually at the highest in the morning. I know I've already said this in one of my podcasts, but just a little reminder. I know it can be hard because again, having a coffee within the first few minutes of when you wake up, that is a habit. Telling yourself that you can't function without coffee, maybe that actually is true. Well, that could be definitely something bigger and your body is genuinely addicted to it. Again, it could be because you need that energy. Yes, it's going to give you energy there and then. There could be other factors at play of why you don't have energy when you wake up, which of course there is. Like, It's not actually normal to feel like that as soon as you wake up. But if you're having coffee as soon as you wake up, one, you're stimulating your stress response, which is going to make you feel more anxious. And two, you're allowing yourself for a bigger crash in the afternoon. So you're probably going to feel shit. And again, I know this is where you've kind of like, you've got to outweigh the pros and cons because sometimes like I will have a coffee in the morning that used to be pre-workout. But if you're someone who's like, okay, yes, this could make me feel more anxious if I have it within the first hour, but this is what gets me to the gym. And I know if I don't go to the gym, I'm going to feel angry, unmotivated, anxious, sad, obviously have the fucking coffee or the pre-workout because obviously for you, that's what outweighs the potential side effects of having a stimulant first thing in the morning, if you know what I mean. So that's up to you, but that's kind of just like a little tip for me. And it's something I follow 90% of the time. Another really good tip that I have or habit, I know I talk about it a lot, but having a cold shower or doing any type of cold therapy, like a cold plunge, even putting your face in cold water rather than your whole body, it's not as beneficial, but still it's going to give you some of the benefits, will significantly improve your mood and your dopamine and adrenaline, which will ultimately give you a massive boost of energy. It's so interesting. I've actually had a few questions on this recently, like people have been wanting to get into it. And the most common question that I've had is, okay, I want to start doing it, but can I have like, can I jump back to heat straight afterwards? Yes, that's what I do. You're still going to get the same effects. It has to be really uncomfortably cold. I started off with it like being cold, but almost bearable and only 15, 20 seconds, but now I stay in there even longer and it's even colder to the point where it's like, yeah, this is fucking that cold. I want to get out of here. I want to scream. That's when you're going to get the rush of adrenaline and dopamine. And apparently this is what Dr. Andrew Huberman was saying that it increases your dopamine from a hundred to 200% and it won't actually give you a crash. It will stay that way for most of the day or hours after you do it. Yeah, I definitely recommend if you want to get into like the whole cold shower thing, start off small, 1%. You can slowly work your way up to cold. 
target your vagus nerve, which is the back of your neck area and your chest. And I promise you, you're going to feel so fucking good. Okay. The next tip I have is have a high protein breakfast. Now I'm someone that used to get up and literally just go for something like toast and peanut butter. And in the moment it's good and it satisfies me. But then I find if I'm not having any protein in the morning, it literally affects everything. And I also am then more likely to snack because obviously I'm not having a high protein breakfast. And I don't know if this is for anyone else. And I love carbs. Like we need carbs and not nothing against carbs. But I personally find if I have carbs, like like something like toast in the morning, it does make me feel a little bit fatigued. So and like low energy that that is fatigue. But I find if I have it at like lunchtime, like pasta or any type of carb lunch and dinner, I am less likely to feel like that. So yeah, have a high protein breakfast. I used to do protein oats in the morning, but yeah, I've been on protein smoothies at the moment and I love them and they're so easy. And yeah, that's what keeps me full and satisfied. And I don't snack if I have a high protein breakfast and that's really fucking important. Another thing that you can do is affirmations. I don't really do this. Like, I mean, sometimes I guess I'll try and change my mindset, but you know, all the cheesy stuff of today, I'm going to wake up and leave my day with love and gratitude or you know, all the cheesy, cringy shit. It works for some people and others it doesn't. I mean, if it works for you, absolutely do it. If it makes you feel better and leads your day with positivity and gratitude, absolutely. I'm all for it. But yeah, that's all of my tips. I think you just got to remind yourself that all of this can be overwhelming, but just start off with 1%. Start off by focusing with a cold shower and work your way up, then focus on walking in the sun in the morning and then try for a few minutes of meditation and then work your way up. Try and go to bed 30 minutes earlier and slowly wake up earlier because when we start small, one new healthy habit will then promote other healthy habits and one win promotes many wins. I'm going to read you something else from Kayla Barnes. She's just so fucking good and it's so motivating. But she put up a post and it says, going to the gym may take 30 minutes, but your mood and energy will be boosted for the rest of the day. Morning sun may take 10 minutes, but it will help you sleep soundly every night. A gratitude practice may take five minutes, but your attitude will be improved for the next several hours. Meditation may take 10 minutes, but your focus will be better for the rest of the day. Manifestation may take 10 minutes, but could change the rest of your life. Don't be short-sighted, invest in yourself. And it's so fucking true because we can complain all we want, but we have to show up for ourselves. Majority of the time, I can't be fucked going to the gym. Like it's literally the last thing I want to do is work out. Who goes to the gym and regrets it? You literally instantly feel good. It sets you up for the whole day. It improves every aspect of your well-being. And when you are glowing and you've improved yourself and it just ultimately is like a flowing effect. Like when you are your best self, you are your best self for everyone and everything that you show up for. It's a cycle. And I know all of that was probably overwhelming, but again, 
Aim for 1%. Swap nighttime Netflix for a book and going to bed early. Swap processed foods for whole foods. Swap grabbing fast food for keeping healthy snacks on hand. Swap scrolling social media every morning for a walk and getting sun in the eyes. Swap sitting on the couch every night for a workout. Swap toxic friends for inspiring and supportive friends. Swap a high-carb diet for a high-protein diet. Carbs are okay in moderation, but protein is much more beneficial, which is what I spoke about before. Swap sitting in your anxiety for practicing breath work or meditation when you feel anxious. Swap ruminating on negative thoughts for a gratitude practice. Swap your regular shower to a cold shower. We have all of these free fucking tools that are going to make us feel better and give us a better quality of life, which is what we all want. No one's coming to save us. It is up to us to put in the work and to show up for ourselves and to be 1% better every day. At the end of every episode, I did this last episode, I'm now going to start doing a recommendation of the week. And if you need a new book, I highly suggest this book. I'm currently reading. It's called The Myth of Normal. I'll put up a story and add the link on my Instagram once this goes live. The Myth of Normal, Trauma, Illness and Healing in a Toxic Culture by Gabor Mate with his son, Daniel Mate. I'm currently obsessed with this guy and his work. I'll read the back of it to give you a bit of an insight. I'm only like 80 pages in and at the moment it's talking about the mind-body connection and how trauma manifests into illness and disease and how our society is like toxic in saying that all of the stuff that we suffer with is normal because it's common, but just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal. He's fucking incredible. So on the back of the book, it says, Western countries invest billions in healthcare, yet chronic diseases and mental illness are on a seemingly unstoppable rise. So what is normal when it comes to health? Over four decades of clinical experience, renowned physician and addiction expert, Dr. Gabor Mate has shown how health systems neglect the role that trauma exerts on our bodies and on our minds. Medicine often fails to treat the whole person, ignoring how today's culture burdens our bodies and our immune systems and undermines emotional balance. Now, in his most ambitious and urgent book yet, Dr. Mate connects the dots between our personal suffering and the pressures of modern day living, but with deep compassion, he also shows us a pathway to health and healing. Filled with stories of people in the grip of illness or in the wake of recovery, this life-affirming book, co-written with his son Daniel, proves true health is possible if we are willing to reconnect with each other and our authentic selves. It is so good so far. Will I finish it? Yes. I have a habit of buying books and getting halfway and then starting another one. But I will finish it because I'm very fascinated with him and I'm very interested. That's my recommendation of the week. If you need a new book, The Myth of Normal, Trauma, Illness and Healing in a Toxic Culture by Dr. Gabor Mate. And this can be a good little book to awaken you to some topics or continue your education because this stuff comes down to self-development as well and will give you a new perspective on trauma, healing and illness in our toxic culture. Especially if you are going to implement 10 minutes of reading in your morning routine, guys. But yeah, this is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening if you're still here. And I hope you guys have a good rest of the week. This is going live tomorrow, hopefully Thursday, if I get my shit together. Um, And yeah, thanks, guys. Remember, nothing changes if nothing changes.